G'day, g'day, so good to see you. Welcome, welcome to Grey City. My name's John, I'm from Narrabeen, and I'm part of your welcome team. And guess what? Keep watching, because there's spirit inside. Good morning, Grey City Church. It's great to be with you again, and I hope you're all doing well. Um, I've got some exciting news to announce uh, as we start this morning's preach and we have a new baby in our congregation and so Justin and Dora have uh, had their third child, a little boy named Gabriel. So congratulations Justin and Dora. That's brilliant. He was born at 8.15pm on the 30th of August. Uh, his weight was 3.64 kilograms and he was 52 centimeters long. That's very exciting. And uh, you'll see a picture of him is really cute, isn't he? He looks absolutely lovely. Can't wait till we can be together more uh, to be able to celebrate uh, these, uh, these things. Just to let you know what's coming up in, in coming weeks, actually. Next week, we've got Glenn and Sandy uh, preaching to us, which is going to be great to hear from them. And then the week after that, on the 27th, we're going to be starting a series on James. But on the 27th, we're going to do uh, our first in-person uh, meeting and live stream. So it's going to be in the church building. Uh, we'll be sending you more information next week. You'll be able to book in and it'll be first come, first serve because we've got limited places according to the restrictions of how many we are allowed. So you'll be able to book in. Uh, and then if you're not going to come to the building, then you can also watch the live stream. So it's going to be great to be back together. We're really excited about that. Although we won't be able to sing, we can still worship and enjoy God together, break bread together. So that's going to be a brilliant time. Good. Well, let's get into my preach for today. And I was really praying, God, what is it that um, you want me to bring to the church? And uh, really praying about that last week and asking God uh, what it was that he wanted me to, to bring. And I felt him lead me actually to a warning uh, for us at this time. Uh, and then as our father does, he doesn't leave us with just a warning, but he brings us into much encouragement as well. So I want to bring that today. And where God led me to was actually a story in two chronicles about King Asa. You may have read about him before. And um, what had happened in Israel's history was after Solomon, uh, Israel really had been at its peak. Uh, but sadly, after that, it split and divided into two kingdoms, uh, being Judah in the south and then the other tribes, Israel in the north. And um, although they were brothers uh, had been all together, we then see them fighting constantly. And there's battle after battle, king after king, they are at war with each other. And so enters Asa, king of Judah. And the Bible says that he did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, uh, which is great. He starts to bring Judah back to God, uh, smashes down temples and idols of the different gods that uh, people had been worshipping. You can read about this in 2 Chronicles 14 to 16. But let me tell you the story. Um, because he was doing so well and he was bringing the nation back uh, to God, God gives them a time of peace and rest. And so they are able to build up Judah and they start to build up towns. They start to build up an army. And so actually quite a significant army. Asa, uh, along with the tribe of Benjamin that stood with Judah, he has 580,000 brave fighting men, the Bible says, which is a good sized army. But as things happen, the next minute, uh, Zerah, the Cushite, 
marches against them with an army, it just says, of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots. So obviously a much bigger army than Asa had, than Judah and Benjamin had together. And so we get to 2 Chronicles 14, 11, where Asa goes out against them, knowing that he is totally outnumbered. But he calls on God, and this is what he says. He says, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. What a great prayer to pray. I think God loves it when we pray prayers like that, when we declare who he is and that our faith is in him. When we say there's no one like you, God, who helps the powerless against the mighty. God, we rely on you. God loves it when we express our dependence and reliance on him like that. And and when we also know who we are in him, because Asa says to him, we've come in your name. We're your people, God. And for us, it's like us saying, we're your church. We're your church, God. Here we are. We are your people. And so the Lord responds uh, to that prayer and actually gives them a great victory, destroying the Cushites and giving Asa a large amount of plunder. So it's a wonderful victory. And then we see in 2 Chronicles 15.2 that God sends a prophet to Asa to encourage him. And this prophet uh, says, the Lord is with you when you are with him. That's interesting, isn't it? The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And then it says, but as for you, Asa, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. This gives Asa great courage uh, to keep uh, moving forward. And he continues to remove these detestable idols from the land. And in fact, he assembles all the people Uh, to make a new covenant, to bring a fresh commitment to God, to declare that he is their God. And the Bible tells us that they entered into this covenant with all their heart and soul. They were fully committed. In fact, they were so zealous about it that anyone who would not seek the Lord was put to death. So there was some strong incentive, but they all sought the Lord with their whole heart and soul. And so God gives them peace for many years and they know real peace and prosperity. Sure enough, though, uh, testing comes again. And uh, in uh, Asa's 36th year as king, Baasha, king of Israel, moves against Judah. And he fortifies and starts to fortify the strategic city of Ramah. So again, here is opposition coming against Asa. And so what is he going to do? What does he do? Well, he's very clever. He's a very strategic guy, obviously. uh, And he reads the situation while understanding the politics, what's happening in the nations. Uh, Very astute guy, clearly. And uh, so what he does is he collects all the silver and gold that he can get together. And he takes it to the king of Aram. And he says to Aram, look, here's all my money, support us. And so what Aram does then is they break their treaty with Israel and they move against Israel. 
This obviously has a big impact on Israel because they thought they had Aram support as they were attacking Judah. But because now Aram moves against them, Israel withdraws from Judah, abandoning, uh, fortifying the city of Ramah. And Asa can then actually move in and take even all the materials that Israel had prepared to build up the city. He can take them away and build up some of Judah's cities. So what a win. What a great victory, you'd think, without needing to fight, with no men being lost, uh, with more resources gained. How can this be anything but a great outcome? It's a great victory. Well, uh, God seems to look at it a bit differently, as we'll see. And so he sends another prophet to Asa, uh, whose name is Hanani. And he brings a message to Asa that I guess Asa really didn't want to hear. <clears throat> we can read it in 2 Chronicles 16. Hanani says, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans, the people that they had fought before, a mighty army with great numbers and chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you will be at war. This rebuke is brought by the prophet Hanani from the Lord. And I'm sure the Lord brought it so that Asa could repent. He could repent and turn uh, back to God rather than going his own way. But unfortunately, Asa's response to the Lord's rebuke is to harden his heart. He gets angry at this prophet Hanani. He puts him in prison. Uh, he starts to brutally oppress his own people. And then uh, when Asa gets a severe disease in his feet, he doesn't even ask God to heal him. He doesn't ask the Lord for help, the Bible says. And so actually he dies two years later. It's a really sad ending for someone who started out so full of zeal for God and had such an impact on Judah, bringing the nation back to God. It's a really sad ending. So what has this got to do with us? Well, as I mentioned at the start, I felt that God uh, was bringing this to us as a warning, followed by encouragements. And I hope the warning really is clear as I've told you the story. The warning is that God is not after a people that just operate in their own cleverness and wisdom. He's not just after us doing our own thing, as clever as we might be, as right as we might assess the political situation. He is not after a people that operate in their own cleverness and wisdom. When we try and live that way, uh, he'll not only let us run out of strength, which is what normally happens. Our strength only takes us so far. Our initiative only takes us so far. And then we find ourselves flagging. So he lets us run our course sometimes, sadly, uh, when we try and do it on our own. But he will actually also uh, not just uh, not bless our endeavors, but may even stop us from moving forward. Because God is God. It's a kind of obvious statement, but he is God, the almighty King, 
the one and only true God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. God is God. He is to be worshipped and glorified and adored in everything. As his people, we call to glorify him in absolutely everything we do. And as we saw in Chronicles, the prophet Hanani says to Asa, because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God. You see, what do we put our reliance in? Do we put our reliance in other people? Do we put our reliance in other things? Do we put our reliance uh, in our great nation that is stable, secure? What do we put our reliance in? And in our current situation, obviously, where things are so unsure and unclear, uh, where we don't even know uh, what getting back to normal will be, uh, it's crucial that we don't just make logical plans for what to do next. Certainly in terms of church, I think it's so important that we allow God to build his church. That's always been the truth, but uh, it's even more relevant to us now. Are we allowing God to take us forward or are we just uh, going ahead with what seems like a logical plan? We see God say this to us in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. God's warning to us is not to walk by sight as Asa did. He walked by sight. He relied on his own wisdom. He relied on his own plans. And COVID, if nothing else, has taught us that we are not in control to be able to make plans for next year, for next month, maybe even for next week, where the situation is constantly changing. We find our plans thwarted as we try and make them. And it's a reminder that we must continue to walk in faith. We must continue to step out in faith, not just by sight. We need to trust God in all the plans that we have. So what plans are you making that are just your own good idea? It's a good question to ask yourself and think about uh, things you're heading into, plans you're making, things you want to buy, investments you want to make, changes that you're thinking of. Are they God's plan? Have you brought them to God or are they your good idea? You know, perhaps in the past, you can have taken huge steps of faith for God. Like Asa did when he was fighting the Kushites, he completely relied on God. But now later down the track, we can find ourselves actually making our own plans, thinking, yeah, I've, I've got it now, God. I understand how this works. Uh, let me make some plans. It's such a challenge to us and such a warning to us that we really need to hear. I find it also interesting that we see Asa took all his money, actually not just all his money, but the money that was God's money that was found in the temple as well. He, he took it all and he invested it in his own plan. All his wealth he took and invested it in the plan that he made. The initial results look good, like his investment had paid off. Uh, and he'd even captured some resources uh, back on the deal. And so in the world's eyes, maybe it was a clear win. This was a good investment. It was a clear win. But in doing so, he did not glorify God or remain fully committed to him. And so, unfortunately, he ended badly. 
So I think it begs the question of us even, what are you investing your money in? What are you investing your money in? Is it in God's plans or in your own plans? It's a real warning for us, church, at this time to hear, are we walking by faith or are we walking by sight? God is calling us to be a people of faith that step out trusting him completely, that actually know that if he doesn't come through, well, we're going to fall flat on our faces. Asa faced this massive army. He knew he had no hope. If God didn't come through for him, they were done. And God actually calls us to live that way. To be a people that step out in faith in small things, big things. He wants us to live our lives daily like that. And we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us so that we can walk in step with the Spirit. We have no excuse really. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit is leading us. And daily as we listen to him, if we are going to tune in, we're going to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. We're going to walk in step with the Spirit. We're going to find ourselves walking in faith, trusting in God for every situation that we face, for every plan we're going to make. We will find ourselves in a whole uh, new era that we know God is leading us into, where we are walking by faith and not by sight. So as we receive this warning to live by faith, we also receive, I see four encouragements here from God that he wants to give us if we will continue to trust him in this way. The first one is in 2 Chronicles 15.2. It says, the Lord is with you when you are with him. He is with us. The Lord is with us as we trust him, as we are with him. He is with us. That is such a comfort, comforting thing to know. It really is. No matter how difficult things may seem for you right now, you need to know that the Lord is with you. He is with you. He is a God that is with us. He's not a God that is a distance off in the heavens unrelated to us, unconnected. No, he's a God that is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He's a God that is with us. Secondly, 2 Chronicles 15.2 also says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Our God is there to be found. And maybe if you're watching this and you don't know God at all, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, well, actually, he is a God that is there to be found. You can seek him and he will be found by you. All you need to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. Believe in him as the one who has died for your sins. I so encourage you to uh, call our office. You'll see the number at the end. We'd love to chat to you, speak to a friend, uh, contact someone that you know that's a Christian. Ask them, say, I want to find God. God wants to be found by you. And for us as Christians, how much more should we push into God knowing that he is there to be found by us? No matter how your quiet time has been this week, whether you haven't prayed this week, you know, actually God is still there to be found by you. He doesn't put a wall up. He doesn't say, look, you didn't do very well this week. So, you know, I'm not here to be found by you. No, God is there to be found by you. He's a God of grace that pours out his love and grace on us again and again. He wants to draw us in so that actually we have the most incredible times with him, the most amazing quiet times. But he is there for you, ready to be found. What an encouragement. 
Thirdly, uh, 2 Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Well, we're going to be looking uh, at faith and work as we study the book of James, uh, which we'll be getting into from the 27th. And that book is, talks a lot about faith and action, uh, faith and works. But the encouragement here is that as we step out in faith and take action, despite difficulties, God will be with us. There'll be a reward for us. He'll bring us into something more. He's going to bring us into something more, this reward. He's got more for you. He wants to bring you into greater relationship with him. He wants to bring you into greater fruitfulness. He wants to bring you uh, right in uh, to the more that he has for you. And so we can expect that as we step out in faith and take action. Fourthly, 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking right now, this very moment as you watch uh, this video. He is looking right now to strengthen you as you remain fully committed to him. He's a God who loves to strengthen. He's a God who loves to encourage. He's a God who loves uh, to build us up. And he is ready and wanting to do that for you right now, no matter what your situation is. He wants to encourage you as you say, my heart, Lord, is fully committed to you. That's what he's looking for. He's just looking for us to be fully committed. Isn't that amazing? He's there for us. So let's pray as we come to an end. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk by faith, Lord. We do want to be a people, we want to be individuals who are people of faith. That's what you've called us to be. I pray right now that you would come and you would even sift within our minds and hearts what plans we are making in our own strength and actually we need to put them aside. I pray, Lord, that you would highlight those to us. We really want to serve you wholeheartedly lord we want our hearts to be fully for you and i pray you would come right now lord and you would help us to live in that way to be stepping out in faith so lord won't you remove those plans won't you show them to us where it's just about us where it's our investment in our own idea where it's our investment in just a good idea I pray you'd show those to us. But I pray even more so, Lord, that you would call us into your plans of faith that you have for us. As a church, Lord, I pray, won't you call us again? Call us with fresh faith to step in, to step out, Lord, knowing that actually uh, we're going nowhere unless you're with us. We don't want to uh, pretend church, to play church, to have nice meetings. Lord, our heart is to be a people of faith, Lord. So won't you call us again to stand together, Lord, to come to you in faith, Lord, trusting you completely, knowing that actually whether we meet or whatever we do, it's, it's going nowhere unless you're in it, Lord. So call us to step out again in faith, I pray. And Lord, I pray that we would receive these encouragements from you today. Once you come, Lord, those facing difficulties, challenges, Lord, you are with us 
Lord, thank you that you say that you're with us, that you'll be found by us, that you have a reward for us and that you want to strengthen us, Lord. So come and do that right now, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for your word, Lord, that brings such life to us. Lord, help us to step into it and to grow by it. Amen. So thank you for being with us today. Great to have you and have a great week. Step out in faith this week. Let's go for it. Amen.